two years ago today, a film was released that would change all of our lives. That film is A Talking Cat, the family comedy film starring Eric Roberts as the titular talking tabby. A Talking Cat is proud to present this special episode where our various hosts and guests discuss their first time seeing the film, how they heard about it, and their favorite moments. Join us, won't you, as we celebrate A Talking Cat. Hi, uh, this is Sarah. I have been a host and a guest on A Talking Cast. I've been on, I think, five or six episodes at this point, maybe more. I'm also one of the producers, so you hear my name in every episode. And I have seen A Talking Cat a bunch of times, um, probably at least 10 or 12 times all the way through. Plus, I watch it minute by minute for the podcast. I first heard about A Talking Cat when it came up in my recommended list on Netflix probably about a year and a half, almost two years ago. The first time I really heard about it and I knew what it was and I was like, oh, I should watch it. Um, I was at a craft fair where I met someone who is a local artist and sells a lot of stuff, but she was selling Christmas cards with Tommy Wiseau from The Room on them. So we started talking about the room and she said, have you ever heard of a talking cat? And I said, a talking cat? And she said, no, a talking cat? And she explained the punctuation aspect and she told me a little bit about it. And I said, oh, I should probably check that out. And so then it was, I think, about six months later maybe that I actually watched it um, with a friend and it was hilarious and terrible. And then I went to my house and I think I watched it again pretty quickly. And I just watched it a lot on Netflix. One of probably my most viewed movies, at least on Netflix. Uh, the thing I remember most from my first time watching the movie, um, just how weird it was. I had never seen any other David Dakota movies. I didn't know who he was. My friend that told me about it told me that the guy that made it also directs like softcore gay porn, but I've never seen any of them and I didn't really know. So it was just very like, what is happening here? And, you know, I mean, I'd heard about it from a friend, but she just told me bare bones stuff about it. So I was going into it pretty much like not knowing how stupid it is. Uh, my favorite part of a talking cat is, I mean, obviously everyone loves the homoerotic swim lesson part. I mean, that's up there. I really love the part where Chris and Phil are like testing out Tina's algorithm or whatever for the like clothes scanner and they're using a book light. I love that part. I also just love all of the repeated footage of Duffy throughout the movie. One of my favorite parts was always when Duffy is eating and it's just like a plate of like water with a little bit of tuna fish in it. One of my favorite things that I discovered as a result of doing this podcast, I loved when I did an episode with Dylan and John and I watched it and I realized that one of the pieces of art in Chris's bedroom was actually a kitchen utensil holder from Ikea. That just sums up the whole movie for me and I think it's hilarious. I do actually like A Talking Cat. I enjoy watching it. I watch it, I've watched it by myself. 
uh, more than once. I have watched it several times with friends and I've introduced several friends to it, both watching it with them and then just telling them about it. And then they will like text me or call me and just be like, what the fuck did you get me to watch? But yeah, I enjoy it. I think it's a fun movie. It's terrible, but it's at least as bad as The Room, but it's better made. Like the technical side of it is much better. There isn't random green screen. It's not as amateurish as The Room. So it's a little bit more enjoyable to watch if less like, haha, this is such an amateur movie, but it's so bad and it's just so clearly made over a weekend, maybe even just a Saturday afternoon. And I really enjoy that. My favorite part of participating in the podcast has just been watching it over and over again and discovering all kinds of new, stupid, crazy stuff about it and talking to people about it. I mean, I don't think anyone that I have podcasted with about this has enjoyed the movie the way I have. It seems like most people don't seem to just objectively like it, but it's fun and it's been fun talking to a lot of people who are really funny and we get to be funny and laugh at this dumb movie together and I really enjoy that. When the podcast finally covers the entire movie, I have no idea what will happen. Hopefully my cat will finally speak to me because cats can talk to people but only once and she hasn't done it yet. I don't know, maybe we'll start a hunt looking for Duffy's magic collar. It seems to be somewhere probably in the Pacific Northwest. So that could be a fun vacation. And I'll go on a ramble through the woods looking for it. Hello, this is Gigi Lanchba for the uh, special two-year anniversary episode of A Talking Cast. So about a year and a half ago, uh, I was actually uh, on OkCupid, <laughs> you know, trying to get a date. And uh, I was chatting with this guy and we were talking about, uh, you know, we liked uh, bad movies, a little Mystery Science Theater talk. So anyway, we were talking and he recommended A Talking Cat. And it was on Netflix and I watched it and I was hooked. Uh, never ended up getting the date, never met the guy, but... Uh, you know, some anonymous guy out in San Francisco who's on OkCupid, okay uh, he hooked me up with a talking cat. So that's pretty great. You know, the first time you hear Duffy talk, it's just going to blow you away no matter what. I, I don't know anybody that uh, <laughs> that uh, can hear Duffy talk without just, you know, doing a ridiculous double take. What would my favorite part be? I'm going to say it's the... Uh, the bonkers, uh, strange homoerotic tension that seems to be the main feature of the movie. Uh, that's bonkers. That's all I got to say. I, I don't know what they were going for there, but that's definitely the main theme of the movie. <laughs> At least to me, possibly my, uh, my biased opinion. I think I do. I do actually like it. Um, you know... I definitely consider it a, a good, bad movie, but yeah, I like it. Uh, I enjoy the heck out of it. <laughs> what is my favorite part of the podcast? I don't know. I think it's just been getting to talk to people who are, you know, at similar interests. Uh, I just had a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, me and Claude, we had a ridiculous couple of times there. He needs like an hour just to spin his his theories. Uh if there's a bullshit artist in the world, it's Claude. <laughs>
Uh, maybe we can go on and do another one. You know, uh, I'm gonna. I've seen a magic puppy. Do not recommend it. Uh, but uh, maybe we can watch another Dakota film. Uh, I'd be up for some thirteen thirteens. Uh, <laughs> but I think we should keep doing this. This has been fun. But I'm certainly going to keep watching the movie. Uh, I uh, I have the DVD, so uh, going off Netflix isn't going to be any deterrent to me. This is Lan, future host of at least two episodes and hopefully more than that. Here to share with you my thoughts today on A Talking Cat. Uh, how did I first hear about A Talking Cat? Well, I don't remember if it was because my friend just put it on Netflix one day or if I'd heard about it before then somewhere along the internet. But we had just got done watching one bad movie and decided we wanted to have a palate cleanser. And this really wasn't it, but... It was a it was a good time anyway because we had a room full of people who had a couple drinks in them and it's always good for a laugh that way. Uh, what do I remember from watching it the first time? Mostly everyone commenting about the house uh, and about how everyone in this movie is just putting forth the most minimal effort whatsoever into acting uh, and doing anything. Uh, the favorite part is those just long rambling establishing shots for no reason they're just keep happening and you know they're clearly not anywhere near what's going on in the movie and they just made us laugh even more uh do i actually like a talking cat i'd have to say that i probably do it's got to be a movie i kind of like because we got such entertainment out of it the first time when we watched it my favorite part of participating in the podcast so far uh was that I surprised myself with how long I could talk about one minute of the movie and just keep going. I really didn't think I was going to be able to do it, and we managed to pull it off. Uh, what happens when this podcast finally covers the entire film? Well, if everyone makes it out of this with their sanity intact, I feel like we need to throw a party. Uh, if we can manage to maybe come up with a new movie to cover, that would be great, but I don't know if it's going to get any better than this. Hello, my name is Clint Worthington, and I have been both a host and a guest host I'd seen a couple trailer. I'd seen the trailer a couple times, like on YouTube, uh, before it came onto Netflix, and then I watched it. And the, those opening shots, you know, come in, and then there's the Circuit City demo level HD panning over a woods, and then you get to the house, and it's definitely a house where porn happens. Like I can't say that from I couldn't say that from experience, but just using context clues, I knew that that tree lady. Uh, had had things done to it and people had probably screwed in the back of that uh, Volkswagen Beetle couch. And so it was so strange to, to see this like family comedy, this talking animal comedy be played out by these strange uh, robots, these strange flabby robots in a porn mansion. And that floored me. There are a lot of favorite parts of a talking cat. A close second would be that minute that I cover on the podcast where it's just a car driving driving throughout the hills of California for no discernible reason. But I would say my absolute favorite has to be the clothes scanning scene where the father and son have to like run a book light over clothes to like test the girl's magic program and also uh, get sweet outfits because they don't have critical thinking skills of their own. And also the scene goes on for like two or three minutes with just the camera pushing dollying in and out just watching them scan clothes because he really felt like you you couldn't get that from like 15 seconds. You needed a whole montage of the exact same shot 
and it was it's phenomenal. I would not have participated in this if this was something that like I held contempt for or uh, or hate watched or found really boring and inane and that's why it was bad. No, this is like this perfect storm of badness. It's that it's that the room birdemic level uh, earnestness that goes into that perfect storm of the director meaning exactly what they're doing and yet also half-assing it in a very special way that uh, makes it really disturbingly charming to watch. Um, even as you sort of grab your hair and sort of scream at the mom for yelling about her cheese puffs for the millionth time, it's just, it's a magical thing to behold. And uh, in that respect, I couldn't watch A Talking Cat as many times as I have, probably countless, uh, if I did not like it. Uh, I'm pretty sure if we actually get to the end of A Talking Cat uh, and we actually cover this whole thing, one of us, one of us will be dead or in a mental asylum, or just in a straitjacket somewhere, or need heavy medication. But um, I think the overall goal of a talking cast seems to be just trying to dig into every single one of these micro mistakes slash bits of genius that David Decato and crew uh, had whenever they were creating this masterpiece that they half-assed probably for 15 bucks and, you know, buying Eric Roberts a sandwich. Uh, just seeing you know, having the whole thing covered and explored and, uh, you know, trying to mine it for its secrets, uh, gives us a better appreciation of, I think what movies get right and the ways we can enjoy when movies go wrong. And in that respect, I think that's the best part of something like a talking cast where we just, we examine not just the film, but how audiences react to a film, especially in particular moments. It's that it's that kind of close textual analysis that that I'm like I'm a stupid film nerd and I really dig that. So that's something that I really really enjoy. Hey, it's me Spencer. I've been on four episodes of a Talking Cast. My first reaction to watching a Talking Cat was feels like my consciousness and brain was going to split in half and I won't be the same person anymore and. It took me about three tries to go through the entire movie because it's just so maddening and, and insane. Um, my favorite part is the part when Franny is trying to seduce Chris because that that moment is pure gold. Chris is flustered, confused, and Franny is trying to get used out of that pool. It's beautiful. I honestly like the film because it's such a like a pure vision of the director's intent. It's kind of like the room where it's this, it's this person's view on how the world works, and it's so this bizarre and interesting. I genuinely really, really like this movie. A favorite part of being involved podcast is one, being on a podcast gives me an excuse to talk and have, have people listen to me, whether they want to or not. Uh, and also, I got to meet it's cool interesting people that otherwise I wouldn't have a chance to really talk to or interact with. I hope when we're done a talking cat, we do more talking animal movies because I don't want to stop doing this uh, podcast because it's a lot of fun. This is Nicholas Healy. I remember two specific things uh, that that still stand out to this day, of course. The first being the T-shirt uh, with the 
infamous Spanish writing on it, and um, the world's worst Humphrey Bogart impression that said nothing Humphrey Bogart ever said in a movie ever. The fact that uh, the fact that they couldn't figure out how to do it in such a way that he could use anything that was from you know seventy years ago. Um, just speak. It speaks to just how awful um, from top to bottom this movie is. And also, it sounded more like Edward G. Robinson than anybody else. Favorite part of a talking cat? Well, there's the finale. There's the we did something portion. There's the uh, the house with its decorator that is sparsely decorated. Um, there's the T-shirt. The T-shirt is fantastic. Um, I mean, I can't single out any one thing, and I don't know that too many people will be able to single out any one thing. It's it's that amazing. Now, I understand that a lot of people say when you watch uh, uh, an intentionally bad movie, you're supposed to watch it with friends. And this movie is so good bad that I watched it by myself. I've talked about it with people who haven't seen it and, and explaining that I'm doing part of this podcast. And, you know, I, A, I'm doing this, and also B, hey, you need to see this movie if you're going to listen to the podcast, that's one thing. You should really see this movie. If you appreciate movies, then you should appreciate bad ones. And if you do appreciate bad ones, this might be the worst thing you've ever seen, but in the best possible way. It's just been fun to put on, like, you know, put on big boy pants and look at this awful movie from so many points of view. And um, participating in this podcast has just been, it's been fun. Even though I've only been in two episodes, those two episodes have been a lot of fun. I really hope we find another film that is just as bad in a good way as A Talking Cat is, and I hope we do it top to bottom, whether it's in one-minute sprees or if we just take a theme every episode and run with it. I don't care. I think it would be a good idea. We're all coming from different walks. We all bring something special to what we're doing, and I think it's been fun for just about all of us. So I look forward to continuing this. Hello, this is Guy Hillman. My favorite part of Talking Cats. I guess I like the camera work of it, ultimately. It's a very dynamic movie. The thing that really sticks with me is how dynamic and how moving the camera is. And that's not a bad thing about it. For a very, very cheap movie done on three days, the fact that they could use a steady cam on it, the fact that it's a constantly moving, constantly darting around film really does give it a sense of vibrancy, which I kind of admire about it. I'm not sure that's the correct answer in an internet sense, but I really just like the camera movement of it. I guess what I kind of like about it, ultimately, is it's a movie that exists in its current format, that you can spend three days in a couple of small houses and make a feature film. It may not be a good feature film, it may not even be a competent feature film, but that it exists is worth something. I do like a talking cat. The phrase, I guess, that really comes around often is, oh, this is a good, bad movie. I don't believe those exist. I unequivocally believe a movie is either good or it's bad. If you say you like it because it's good, bad, or whatever, that doesn't really mean anything. What I like about it, though, is, in that sense, is it's a very relaxed comedy. People often say it's so bad it's good because of all the obvious special effects errors and all of those things. 
but it almost increases its era of just as a pure relaxing thing. I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but I think it's a good movie. I do think that it's easy to make fun of Johnny Whitaker as the father, but it's a surprisingly fun little part. He has fun with it. He makes it, he makes, he seems like a compelling character. No one in the movie is actually dislikable in the traditional sense. Everybody is doing a featherweight little performance. Everyone seems like they're having enough fun for a children's movie. And in that sense, I kind of like it. Even Eric Roberts, who has spent 15 minutes, is at least giving 15 minutes of comedy. You can say it's very rushed, but there is a sense of joy to it. A sense of people having fun. The movie's kind of climactic line is, we did something. And if that is for nothing else, I kind of like And my favorite part of participating in the podcast is I get to be the guy who says that. This is Josh. In the early days of the show, I was a guest a few times, and recently I have hosted a few episodes of my own. Um, I also did the artwork for the show, uh, and I'm producing this special episode that you're listening to right now. So I am moving on up in the podcasting world. The first time I heard about a talking cat, I believe, was due to the AV Club article by Nathan Rabin about the film, and it compared it to The Room and uh, really emphasized a lot of the things that I look for in bad movies. I ended up ordering the movie almost immediately from Amazon, sight unseen, so I had no idea what I was getting into. My favorite part of A Talking Cat, and there are many to choose from, uh, is probably the crazy dark void that is Duffy's mouth. Talking animal movies tend to do different things. Uh, Sometimes they'll go full CGI and have the mouth move. Uh, Sometimes they'll have the animal just talking but no mouth movements. And in A Talking Cat, they decided to put a weird black diamond over Duffy's face with no attention to whether or not that looked strange or if it looked even remotely realistic for what they were trying to achieve. And it's just such a weird little thing in the movie. It doesn't show up all that often, but when it does, it's a pretty amazing special effect. I think the movie has its charms. It is definitely one that I would recommend. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely something to see. Again, I own the DVD. It's in my collection. It's not going anywhere, and I will probably break it out for friends at some point or another. It is It is definitely in that list of really good, bad movies that people need to be aware of. My favorite part of participating in the podcast has... Um, Definitely been just getting to hear everyone's various thoughts on the movie. There are some incredibly funny, incredibly smart people who have hosted and guested on the show. So it's been really interesting and neat to hear how people view this movie and how they kind of view it and find things in it that I never would have seen. So it's been really kind of refreshing to take a movie that is as simple and sort of innocent as this one and break it apart and sort of really examine it from the inside out. It's a really interesting way to talk about a movie in general, but for this movie specifically, it's been really entertaining and and kind of refreshing and it sort of does make you want to go back and watch the movie movie again and sort of reevaluate it and sort of see if you can pick out the things that they're talking about. 
When the podcast finally covers the entirety of the film, I really hope that it does keep going. I really hope that the community that we've built up continues to produce some really entertaining content and doesn't uh, doesn't go away because it's a pretty big achievement to bring together all of the people that have been involved and produce something as cohesive as what we've done. So I really hope that things keep going in some format at least. Hi, this is uh, Zach Powers recording for the anniversary. Or should I say anniversary? I'm being told I should not say anniversary. Episode of A Talking Cast, because apparently A Talking Cat was released uh, on February 18th, the day after my own birthday. So uh, much like being born on Christmas Eve, it has effectively stolen all of my thunder. I first heard about this movie a couple years ago. It had to be pretty recently after it was released. Uh, And it was already on Netflix. I was at a friend's house. We were all hanging out and drinking. And uh, we put this on in the background because it looked crazy from the cover. And we didn't really pay much attention to it, I have to admit. We kind of missed a gem uh, because we were too busy having real human interaction instead of watching Eric Roberts drunkenly uh, stumble his way through his performance as a cat with a void for a mouth. Uh, I knew that the audio quality on the cat was terrible. I had no idea it was Eric Roberts. Uh, We didn't pay close enough attention to catch many of the underlying stories about these characters, Um, whatever crippling mental disorders they seem to uh, live with the strange rule-bending realities of this world where a strange man-child can become essentially a Steve Jobsian figure. I think my favorite part is, one, uh, the swim lessons uh, sort of subplot um, between Trent or Trevor and the brother. I don't know these people's names. Listen, they're barely characters. You can't expect to remember this shit. Anyways, I like it because if that were extended into an entire movie, like just about that son and everybody else became much more peripheral, it would kind of be like almost an Oscar winning script about a young man who is growing up and sort of realizing that he is homosexual and maybe even like trying not to accept it due to like societal pressures um, it'd almost be like a Brokeback Mountain, but like for a teenage boy in like, I don't know, wherever this is set, like mystical anti-Beverly Hills, I'm not entirely sure, Silicon Valley forest world. Um, I also enjoy Duffy's uh, convalescence, where it's clearly just a healthy cat with a minimal amount of gauze draped loosely over its head, especially before uh, Phil's line we did something, which I think is really the crowning moment of the movie and sort of the defining second uh, of the entire film. I've seen this movie a couple of times over the course of several years. I have either been drunk or at the very least having a drink while watching it because the MPAA, I think, literally recommends not being entirely sober, like either have a drink or maybe if you haven't slept for about 72 hours, that would be an ideal time to watch this movie. Do not watch it completely straight laced and certainly not alone because I can imagine nothing more depressing. This movie has a lot to enjoy. Uh, It is not the room. It is not troll two, but you could do a lot 
a lot worse for a nice good bad movie to watch with friends. This is one that I I would actually suffer through unlike something like The Oogie Loves. I would never ever watch again. Not with a group of people, never. But A Talking Cat, absolutely. You want to have a good bad movie night and you've seen the classics, go for A Talking Cat 100%. Um my favorite part of participating in the podcast is probably so far been collaborating with the other people who participate in the podcast. Uh God knows it has not been having to rewatch <laughs> this film over and over again with an analytical eye. Although I won't lie, there's some fun in noticing just how absolutely batshit these things are when you break it down to that level. Um, But no, absolutely, it's been kind of getting to know some of the other people uh, who are participating in this project. If we actually get people who are interested and committed enough and able to spread the workload around enough, maybe this podcast will live on in a secondary form. Maybe we'll find another equally insane film and continue to uh, sort of do the minute by minute breakdown of something that is absolutely incomprehensible, like sort of a Lovecraftian study of madness continued. Hey, this is Darren executive producer, editor, and guest on three episodes so far, possibly a couple more in future. I heard about Talking Cat from Nathan Rabin's review of it, um, entitled A Talking Cat is the Room of Talking Animal Movies, I think was the title. My favorite part of A Talking Cat possibly comes from having to transcribe the whole speech is the Mr. Financial Advisor scene, which I have a feeling is almost exactly one minute contained, where Phil decides he's going to invest his money in something and calls his financial advisor, uh, Mr. Financial Advisor, and this kind of has the world's oddest one-sided conversation where if you were to do the other side, you probably would not be able to figure out what questions he was being asked, especially because towards the end of the conversation, Phil decides to tell his financial advisor, I took a walk in the woods and I'm going to take another walk tomorrow. And if I was the financial advisor at the other end, I'd be saying, why are we still talking? The first time I watched the film was for this podcast. Until we began the podcast, I had not seen the film. I hadn't even seen the trailer. And once we were about 15 to 20 episodes recorded, I thought I may as well watch the film so I could at least know what people were talking about. I have only watched the film in its entirety, beginning to end, once. And then I have watched it minute by minute from minute 27 through to about minute 65 or so. And I obviously will continue to watch minute by minute as podcasts are recorded so that in my role as producer and editor, I can keep an eye on what people are recording and make sure that we are covering the right minutes. Given my current role with this podcast, I don't think I can properly judge whether or not I like the film, simply because I'm watching it piecemeal, and so it doesn't really feel like a proper viewing experience. It sort of feels like work. So, at the moment, 
I would say I haven't really made my mind up, which sounds strange for someone producing a podcast about this film. <laughs> but when I have finally <clears throat> finished dealing with the realities of running this podcast, then I may watch it again and try and figure out how I feel about the film. My favorite part of taking part in the podcast, which for me includes organizing people to record and then editing episodes afterwards, I think it's probably been the editing in that I sort of get to hear everyone's thoughts before everyone else in the group. And it can be just fun putting together a rough cut of an episode and just listening to people talking and their thoughts and then obviously trying to figure out what is relevant to the podcast. There have been a lot of tangents that people like to go on about things that are not to do with the talking cat. And sometimes it's fun just to hear those or occasionally it's fun to hear people having trouble doing what is now our traditional one two three clap at the beginning of each episode which is always cut out but sometimes it takes two or three attempts and i think sometimes the i don't know i think you would call them the rapport building that occasionally has to be edited out simply to keep the run times to a reasonable length of each episode is fun to hear in its entirety as editor. And when I guested recently, obviously I could, being a producer, I could pick who I was going to be guesting with and which episodes. So it was fun talking to the hosts that I had heard hours of while editing. And it was finally nice to hear their voices actually talking back to me. What happens once we're finished, I think is entirely up to those who have taken part uh, and who are members of the group. I think if there was a strong enough feeling that there was another film out there that we could cover in this same format, uh, apologies to Star Wars Minute for stealing that format, then I would be willing to take part. I mean, I'm not sure that I could edit another 80-something episodes of a podcast, but I would be happy to take part in some form, um, whether it be in my current producer role or as an editor to a few episodes of something, um, or even as a guest. I feel that we've had, I think, 35 people take part in this podcast so far, and I think there is certainly an appetite amongst a number of those people that maybe something else could be done. We've managed to build this thing up. It would feel like a waste to not then use it. I certainly think that the other Mary Crawford films about talking animals might be worth covering, though possibly not in this much depth. Maybe just one episode for each or something. But yeah, I, I think that what we've got here as a podcast and as a podcast community is possibly worth keeping and using for good in the loosest sense, I guess, for some other project. did something. I'm Duffy. I'm a talking cat.
This special Talking Cat Anniversary Edition was brought to you by A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. This episode was edited by Joshua Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor, Darren Husted, and Joshua Hollis. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Hey, you guys, I think we did something.